Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, welcome back to The Basement Binge, everybody, and thank you so much, Anthony P., for that slick intro music. His SoundCloud and Instagram is going to be listed in the show notes, so definitely go check that out, guys. I'm your tri-host, Harrison. I'm your other tri-host, Kelton. And I'm Cade. Yeah, so welcome back, everybody. This week, we're continuing our MCU binge. Last week was a joyous time with Iron Man 2, had a great time there. And this week, the God of Thunder, we watched Thor this week. Yeah, and... um. I want to do a quick shout out to you right now, whoever's listening. We want to say a big thank you to everyone who has been downloading our podcast. Yeah. Um, we've been sharing our podcast a bunch on social media this past week. And in the past two days alone, we have doubled our number of downloads. So you guys are amazing. Keep it up. Um, you're awesome. And so I want to thank you so much for the support. We have a goal by the end of this year to reach 1,000 downloads. So we're, we're definitely on track, and um, if you want to help, just share the show with your friends and the podcast, and just keep listening and tuning in every week to, to hear the new podcast. Yeah, get all your, refer your, all your friends to The Basement Binge, especially if they like Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, yeah Marvel sure. movies are great, yeah. <clears throat> and again, guys, thanks for listening. If you do want to see, get an inside scoop on the upcoming shows and what, what's up next when the episodes will come along, um, follow us on Twitter at Binge Basement and Instagram, The Basement Binge, like, and also like us on Facebook. Of course, all of all that will be sh- showed in the show notes, so look out for that too as well. Yeah, so let's jump into this movie Thor here. So just a quick rundown, because we've got so many new listeners, how we review our movies is we start off with what we've called our two cents, where each one of us gets two minutes of uninterrupted time to just kind of give our knee-jerk reaction or thoughts we had while watching a movie um, without any rebuttals from any of the other hosts here. Um, And we follow that up with something we've called Pick Your Poison, where we decide if we would ever never watch this movie again, rent it from time to time, or buy it. Um, And then something specific we're doing for the MCU is, in addition to Pick Our Poison, is reviewing our ranking. Um, One of our previous episodes, you should go listen to if you haven't, we ranked all 23 movies before watching them again, and we're going to do it at the end. Um, But so after each movie, we kind of review where we put this movie on our list and if we think we'll change it all. And we follow that up with something we've called binge points, which are like Easter eggs or fun details that we noticed, you know, things that make it binge worthy or things that you notice by binging it. It's just a lot of fun. Um, and we'll discuss our favorite and least favorite scenes and, of course, finish up with Fall In, where we'll discuss themes and messages of this movie that have impacted us or that we just noticed this time. 
So let's immediately get started with our two cents here. So, Cade, go ahead and get my timer started. I've got a lot of things prepared. Ready for you. Okay, fire it off. Go for it. So this movie starting it, immediately I was... I was laughing and joking with these guys about all the Dutch angles. Like, I forgot how many are in this movie, which was kind of funny. And at first, it was really bothering me, and I kind of just got used to it and embraced it. Even though, like, Dutch angles, side note, that's, like, my favorite angle of a camera. When used properly, man. So, for those who don't know it, what is it? A Dutch angle is when the camera um, is tilted on, like, the horizontal plane. So, it's it's kind of sideways. If you watch Thor, you'll see it immediately, especially in the opening scene. Like, everything's on an angle. Um, but anyway, besides that, I was watching this movie and I, I just so badly wanted like the synthesized space opera world of Thor Ragnarok. I was missing out. I was like, where is it? And I kind of like had to take myself out of that and remember that this movie was kind of pitched and made as kind of a Shakespearean piece that Thor, I'm not a huge reader of the Thor comics, but in the comics, he's kind of an interesting character, and I think it really would be a hard character to adapt into the seriousness of the MCU. I think it was a really good introduction for Thor and and the mystic, magical world of Asgard and how distant it is, and great introduction for Loki, but just kind of as a Shakespearean, Shakespearean piece, it was amazing, like with a distant world and the all-powerful father and like a son who just can't understand anything and is arrogant and prideful and has to learn his father's lesson the hard way to a brother who's jealous and has a lot of truth and there's true brotherly love but the arrogance and jealousy causes all sorts of trickery and loyalty to royals that makes things complicated it was just like honestly a really good Shakespearean piece and like the true love that you felt between the brothers um also like the complexity it was just a lot of fun I the music was great I really felt for Loki this time um it had a good message that impacted me. Odin is a boss. Heindel's a boss. I wish we got to see more of them in the other movies. Um, but it's also interesting to see how well this movie sets up the character arc for Thor and how it continues for the others. Was that a perfect two minutes? That was. No. <laughs> That's what I'm talking oh, about. I can't right. prepare. How do we follow up? We just end it right now. <laughs> All right. Podcast's over. Thanks for watching. All right, Kate, All right, go, go ahead and start that for me. All right, this is Kelton here. Um, Thor, wow. Um, if you haven't seen anything on social media, we've kind of been joking about how much I really did not like this movie. And to be honest, my opinion has completely stayed the same. Oh, no, no, come on. <laughs> In fact, I think this time, like, well, I mean, from the get-go, I was biased. It, it was hard to really, um, well, for those, yeah, I just, I just, I watched this a couple weeks ago, months ago, I can't remember. And I was falling asleep during like the whole time, and when, like just the whole movie, like it just felt like not a lot was happening. The plot seemed slow. It seemed like shallow. I didn't. I don't know. But this time, I really tr- like. I I remember making a comment during the movie. I was like, "Man, I'm just irritated. I'm just like annoyed right now. I'm not like falling asleep, but I'm just like, what the heck is going that. on?" But I think I I really after that. About 20 minutes in, I had to remind myself, like, okay, step back. You, you can't be annoyed at this movie, you know? But um, and I enjoyed certain parts. Like, there were certain scenes I didn't really remember, probably because I was sleeping. But um, overall, this movie, first reactions right now, thinking about it, the soundtrack was not as good as I remembered it to be. And I, I would say, like, most of it was pretty good, but the opening scene, I was very disappointed in the soundtrack. Oh. Because it just seemed, it was like the same song for the entire setup. I'm not going to go on my two cents on hating this whole movie, but I don't know, it might sound like it. But 
Um, I mean, it, it did introduce Thor, and it introduced like a great character arc. Um, but the action, I was disappointed in the action. The fighting just seemed kind of cheesy, like they were laughing the whole time. Like in the Loki-Thor fight scene at the end, like Loki's just like laughing. It just kind of took away from the seriousness of like what's going on. Because I'm sure if I'm hating my brother and I start trying to kill him, I'm not going to laugh. Just saying, like, I don't know. That was a weird two cents, but. I got to say before um, Cade starts his two cents, when you were like saying like my opinion of it and you looked at me and like smiled and I was like, yes, we got him. He likes this movie. And your, your face immediately changed. You're like, stay the same. <laughs> Such a build up. And got all that you. Face. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Cade. Okay, here's my two, two minutes. How could you kill him? Gosh, Kate, I will say this, that. I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. And watching this movie, it sent me straight back to my childhood. Thor is my favorite character of all time. Because he's, he's, like he's like this gentleman who just like, I'm a freaking boss, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how to do this properly. And like, and oh, every time Kelton was talking about how much he's hated this movie, I just get like, I squirm in my seat. Because like, this movie... I think the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks of the whole entire MCU. I think Thor and the whole action and like with him, with him and Loki is like, yes, it seems kind of like cheesy, but it's brothers fighting each other. So it's more of like they're kind of pulling their punches and that there are more just, it's just kind of just brotherly fight. And so I totally related to it. And as well as like just Thor in general. I remember before any of these movies really came out with marvel i always loved thor the idea of that and so when they made the thor movie i was so hyped for it. i was so excited and everything about this movie i love it so much and so i feel so bad of putting thor as like rank 20 of all time mcu movies this is gonna change i'll tell you this right now and that i regret it because like i need i need to give credit to this movie of how good it is for original story just to kickstart the whole mcu you know there's Iron Man and then there's Thor and that this is one of the bigger characters of the whole MCU so I just I oh this kills me that you hate this movie so much because I was watching this and I'm like this is so great and I'm seeing Kellen it's like when is this over <laughs> so I I do want to point out this real quick that the whole story around Asgard knowing what it's going to happen in like later in the MCU I appreciate this so much more now. Oh, I can go into more of this. I'm excited for what's coming next. All right, so now we're going to transition to our pick, our poison, and also slash reviewing our rankings. Um, so in pick our poison, like Harrison said earlier, we have three different rankings, and we kind of go into detail about each one a little bit, but they are um, never watch again or rent the movie to watch a couple times later down the road or buy this movie so we could watch it like nonstop all the time. And then our rankings a couple podcasts ago, we rated all 23 MCU movies and um, individually and also like as a group to see what the rankings were. Um, but I'm going to start us off. So pick my poison. I'm really... Honestly, seriously thinking about it, I will not watch this movie again under my own decision, <laughs> if that makes any okay. sense. Okay. If I'm invited to watch this again in like a MCU marathon, I'm game. I mean, wait, I mean, it's MCU, but under my own like 
leisure time, I'm not going to sit down and say, oh, I want to watch Thor again because <laughs> I love it. But, um, so yeah, that's that's my pick, my poison. I don't mean to come across as like super harsh, but um, I think that's just, I don't know. I, the, when it came out, I loved this movie. Um, but after watching everything else and just kind of seeing how I think Marvel learned how to make a really good movie, a superhero movie with action and comedy and like surprise and everything, I just felt like Thor was just kind of like a building block, like just learning how to do it. Okay. Um, but my rankings, I had Thor at the last, <laughs> 23. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I'm open to moving it. I, I can't make any decisions now. we got to finish all the movies. Um, but as, as I'm pretty confident it'll stay in the 20 to 23 range. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sticking to my guns. Dang it. Okay, well, I might pick my poison. I, I want to buy it. I regret that I haven't bought it yet. Because it's just everything about this movie was a huge, like, I'll put it this way: Thor was my role model as a kid, and so I've had I've I have like this this bond I have with this movie and how like I looked up to him, and so I I I, I want to buy this movie. Hopefully, my wife will let me buy it, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get it, so I'll fight for it. Um, my rankings of this movie, uh, it's it's at twenty, and I feel I feel I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that because. I, one, I haven't seen the movie, but two, it's I forgot how good, good it was for me. And so I'm going to move this up. Um, I won't disclose it completely until once we completely go, go through all those rankings, but it's going to move up. And as much as it's going to kill Kelvin, it's going to move up quite a ways. Oh <laughs> wow. So my pick, my poison Harrison here. Um, I mean, I've already bought the movie because it's the MCU. Um, so that kind of goes with it, but I say I would rent this movie. I think this is actually the first rent movie I would pick. Like, I'm not in love with this movie, but I enjoy it. Like, if it wasn't the MCU, and I was like, oh, you know, I might be in a mood every once in a while to watch Thor and Back. Oh yeah, let's, you know, pay three dollars on Amazon and watch it or whatever, or Vudu. Um, and then my ranking here, I put it at twenty, same as Cade, and I know already that it is probably going to go down. And not because I dislike this movie. I actually really, really, really like this movie. But like I said, there was so much more that I was wanting because naturally my mind compares it to the future MCU movies. Like I kept trying to tell my brain to stop doing that and just appreciate it for how it stands. But knowing that in order to rank this movie, it's going up against all of those other movies. I know that even though I like it, it's just naturally going to fall lower to the list. And the reason I know it's going lower is because Guardians of the Galaxy is below it on my list, just because I haven't seen it yet. So I like defaulted Guardians of the Galaxy at the bottom. And based off what everyone said, I know I'm going to love it. So I know that Thor's already going lower because Guardians of the Galaxy is going up. But it's not because I dislike this movie. It's just because I know that I'm going to like other movies more than that, and I'm going to have a hard time raising it. But I did like this movie. So maybe, maybe I don't know, it's, it's complicated. But I'd rent it. I'll re I'd rent it. <laughs> um, now we're going to move into our binge points. This references throughout the movie that maybe hints toward Thor's story or toward the whole MCU in general, or just pretty much some fun points that they just want to throw in there for fun. Um, one thing I, I want to start to start off, I'll go with. Um, if you notice the symbol on Thor's hammer, 
I don't know. There's probably a word for that symbol. It looks like the Triforce. It looks like the. Like, like some Viking version of the Triforce. <laughs> Middle-aged Triforce. <laughs> the Triforce. Sorry. So it's yeah. so that specific symbol. Um, I I I noticed that they they always put it. It's not just on the hammer itself. Is that it's it's shown throughout the decoration in Asgard, in the armor and the weaponry. That, 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 if you look through it, you can you, if you purposely look for that symbol itself, you can notice that quite a lot. Um, I also noticed that um, this movie was the first movie where they started to connect things. Is that Iron Man? It was kind of like this lone movie to try to get everybody on the band on the bandwagon and stuff. But the Thor movie is like it's the second character of the MCU that they're starting to build up, and so there's a bunch of references toward Iron Man. Um, there's reference like there was a reference toward Bruce Banner, where it talked about how like there was a gamma scientist, whatever they got all of his tech stolen or taken away from him. He was never heard from him again. That was another reference. Another reference was, um, oh, what was it? I can't remember right now. But it's just they read. The point is what I'm trying to get across is that they try. They be this is the movie. They begin to connect it all together. All these small connections. All these hints that this is a bigger world. Is that Earth is where it is where it's at right now, and that there is another world that's Asgard, and there's so much more to this. So it just opens the floodgates. I think this is kind of like the gateway movie of the MCU. Like Iron Man hooks you, and now, now Thor is just trying to connect everything. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Harrison, I noticed you were looking up what the symbol means on yeah. Thor's hammer. Were you able to like find the meaning? Uh, I saw the name of it. It was like the Triketa or tri something like that. I, no, I didn't see like a distinct meaning. I saw that it like means a lot of different things to a lot of different cultures, so I think it would be hard to pick one. Okay. So. Yeah, just wondering. Yeah. But um, one thing I, I I really would consider binge point is I think the MCU created a character from Mjolnir. Yeah. Like in the <laughs> entire MCU, there's like this whole kind of and it, we start to see it in this movie um, with just the whole idea of being able to lift up the hammer. Yeah. And like you know as you know you think of in this movie of the i forget the name of it but like that sword that everyone like has to pull out of like the rock or whatever in the middle ages the sword and the stone yeah is that what it's called yeah oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> well the sword and the stone there you go but um i you know if guys find a hammer stuck in a rock in the middle of nowhere Naturally, we gotta see if we could pull this thing out. You know, like pull this <laughs> thing out of the rock. <laughs> so, and I think that just like starts this whole thing, and it really kind of hit me how it really. I think it really is a character because you know, in later movies, there's jokes made about it and how it's used, like kind of like a just a subtle like thing to show you that like it just makes you respect Thor as a superhero, as really he who had who wields that hammer has the power of thor you know god of thunder and like he could like fly and just like beat up monsters with a hammer dude that is so cool and it's just so unique in and of itself and um yeah i just i think it really kind of gives character to that and just an awesome thing to kind of pay attention for in future marvel movies is just watching 
how Thor really interacts with his hammer and uses it in combat in just smart ways to like, you know, just setting his hammer down on Loki. He's he can't do anything, you know. Yeah. So I I, I love that aspect. Definitely a binge point for me. Yeah. Some binge points for me. Um, just things I really enjoyed this time. I forgot how funny this movie is. Like, oh, it's hilarious. Like, I did not remember that. The other thing I really think... I horse! <laughs> I need a horse! We don't have any horses, just dogs and cats. Well, give me one of those large enough to ride. <laughs> I was waiting so... Like, I told them yeah, I'm watching this. <laughs> yeah. When, when this scene was coming up where he walks and he's like, I need a horse! I was like, guys, this is my favorite scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also think that Chris Hemsworth is like a perfect casting to play Thor. Like, not only in this movie, but in future movies, which are so different than this one. But also just like, playing Thor is a complicated character. Like, he's just some super ripped, massive warrior who's like totally out, like fish out of water. Um, and I like, it's really interesting to compare this now to like Thor Ragnarok or Endgame and see like the range that Chris Hemsworth has. Like, he's able to go from... Somebody who's just like a fish out of water, rip dude who doesn't have his hammer anymore, who's a warrior, to like somebody who's dealing with like depression and guilt in Endgame, which oh, yeah. it was just amazing. Anyway, I thought I thought about this and I'm like, man, Chris Hemsworth, he was a good pick. The other thing is I, at the very end, like the end credit scene when Eric is talking to Nick Fury and like Loki's like tricking him or whatever, using his magic on him. He mentions how he has a lot to work with about like the kind of like traveling to different dimensions. He's like... Um, the Foster theory, and I thought it was cool because Jane Foster probably created that theory. I just thought it was a little cool little hint to oh, the character yeah, of Jane Foster. Yeah, yeah. But then he's also talking about how like there's no other no other no other instance of traveling to another dimension or another gateway. And then Nick Fury shows him the space stone or the Tesseract, which is the space stone. Like, man, they really knew what they were doing from the beginning. Like, they really did. Like, you I know, did we not see underst- Hawkeye. Yeah, I did not understand what the yeah, space zone is now. Like, I think because I didn't read, I have to admit this, I didn't read the comics before ever watching the MCU movies. Like, I watched that cartoon that I mentioned, but it wasn't, it was just like a bunch of characters together. There wasn't a lot of, like, lore in it, especially with the Infinity Stones. There wasn't, like, a lot of, like, cosmic lore, if that makes sense. And so it's interesting now, like, learning about that stuff because of watching future MCU movies. And then, like, also reading the comics now to go back and be like, oh, they, like, were hinting at that from the beginning. I just didn't get it. So it went over my head. Like, yeah. And, like, the other thing is I just realized I was, like, 12 or 13 when this movie came out. Man, it makes so much more sense this time. Like, I, I don't know if that's a binge point, but I was just, I remember watching this for the first time being like, what the heck? Like, this is so <laughs> confusing and weird. And there were so many questions I had. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, it's actually a pretty complete and wrapped up story. So. Bench points there. Oh, yeah. Um, something every movie where we get to see the treasury of Asgard, I want to know what the artifacts do and like, oh, like the story behind yeah. it. Because you know, they walk down this hall and you see these weird looking objects. Like, what the heck? That one's glowing there. That has like mist coming out of it. Like, what is going on? And like, you know, in the beginning, it kind of explains just like the whole thing behind like the, um, the ice giants and like. What's the mm-hmm. object called? Oh, the, the casket. The yeah, casket. the casket. And so I actually love that part. Just like, just history, dude. Explaining the movie just kind of just creates this just bigger picture. And so I'm dying to really just learn what those other artifacts do. And I'm sure I could find stuff in like comics and whatever. 
But I'm just hoping one day we just get to learn. Yeah. It's like, this is this, and it does that. I'm sure you can probably dive into the comics, and they'll may have some references and stuff into that, because, I mean, that's what they're their storyline and their materials from but like i was i was trying to think about those those stuff in the vault the stuff's in the vault like i was trying to look for the internal flame um that was mentioned with the ragnarok or like the fake gauntlet oh yeah, yeah what the hell is like fake <laughs> <laughs> those that didn't show that and so that could have thrown thrown off like the whole like um the whole story per se or just like what's further down the road but like I thought that, I thought about those too. It's like I have no idea what those are, and yeah, it's, it's, I, now I really want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there about them, yeah, or a comic book. Another binge point I had. I don't know if this is a binge point, but you know, we'll we'll call it binge point. Binge points are whatever we want them to be. <laughs> um, and I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, um, I think <laughs> I think this this movie did like a really good job. Like Kate said, of kind of expanding the MCU from Earth. And like introducing kind of like the nine realms without without it being like super spacey, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, because I felt like the Guardians of the Galaxy, from what I've been told, and just like knowing what it introduced later, it like brought a lot of like the expansion of space and other people into the MCU. It, it, it opened up the MCU, opened yeah, to like rather than just just the Earth reaches of the galaxy. But I feel like this movie was the first step in that in a very small way. Like, I don't know, it's just amazing to see like how well they had like oh. For Avengers, we want to have Loki bring down this army from this portal in the sky. So we got to introduce space. I don't know. So before I forget, sorry to like kind of change the subject here, but what? So there's that sleep that Odin enters in. The it's Odin called sleep. yeah, the Odin sleep. I don't know how many other people like know what that is, but I'm like left in the dark here. Do, so do you guys that, know actually, what that, that is? That was one of the things that I don't know that I didn't know about before, and I don't know that much about it. Like I said, I haven't read Thor comics that much, but what from I gathered this time, because I've always been confused about that. Like, why the heck does he just pass out and go to sleep? And they, like, talk about it like it's an an event that, like, everyone expects to happen. I think that it's, like, because Odin, I know that in the comics, at least, and I could be wrong, but my understanding of it is that Odin's, like, ultimately powerful, like, God-level powerful. I mean, because he is... Yeah. He's a god. He's Odin. But, so, and, like, to gain his power, he needs... I think they call it like the Odin Force or something like that in the comics. I got an explanation. So the Odin sleep is a state of deep sleep where Odin recharges the Odin Force. A magical, <laughs> a magical force that gives Odin his power and is left as vulnerable during the process. So while Odin was in Odin's sleep, our Asgard is left vulnerable to attacks for hostile races such as the Frost Giants or the Dark Elves. And that makes sense that like the events that had been happening from... So from like the 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 what are they called ice giants yeah. frost giants from the frost giants coming into asgard and then thor going to war and then getting banished and then loki and all the drama that's happening it would make sense and also his his wife mentioned that he'd been putting it off for a while so there was that but then i also think that like all the events that are happening would cause him to be like oh i'm so weak but <laughs> We're going to take a nap. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I kind of put... All right, good okay. to know. Yeah, I, I definitely kind of... Because I didn't know what the heck that was, but I noticed this time around, like, they were talking about it. I was like, oh, it's not... He just didn't, like, drop into a coma or just, like, take a nap or anything. It's, like, a legit thing. And it had, like... It explains... It makes a lot more sense now, learning what that is, explaining, like, why he was just sleeping and he chose to woke up, like, wake up at the perfect time or whatever. But, yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. 
So should we move into dislikes, least favorite scenes? Okay, I will go first. I did not like the opening scene. I just <laughs> cut that out of the movie. <laughs> like, holy smokes, I did not enjoy that. Like, What was the opening scene again? It's, it's before it even goes to Asgard. No, it, like the history kind of start. Wait a minute, I don't remember exactly. It was the scene where Jane Foster, Eric Silver, and Mars Darcy are driving around and there's like a million Dutch angles and the storm's happening and it's like super chaotic and then they run into Thor and then it transitions to Asgard. And then after it tells the story of how Thor ended up there, it transitions back to that. It's like, why didn't you just like start with them in Asgard and then show, I don't know. But the whole scene of like the, it was just annoying to watch. Like it was chaotic and there was a million Dutch angles and it was like, I don't know what's going on. And then they ran over Thor. The Dutch, the Dutch angles, I will, I will admit... When you when you pointed them out, I was like, "Wow, I have a, it's like I, have a, I have a headache now." Yeah, I, I just did not like anything about that opening scene. I, I don't I don't I don't want to try and make a movie introducing Thor. I don't want to try and start a movie off to introduce this guy, but I just did not like. I it. will say this about that that scene is that when I first watched it as a kid, it was like it was captivating. This like magical storm that came down, and that's that's Thor. You know that's Thor, so like it kind of catches you, and then jumps into the Asgard. Yeah. So that's what. And, uh, and, and the feeble attempt to explain that. Man, there are too many. I could seriously make my own podcast episode okay, you of dislikes. Two dislikes, <laughs> all right, max. Here we go. Wait, freak. Two dislikes. Okay, three. Okay, there's, there's three of us. You get three. Right. We're, we do things in threes. Okay, here we go. I'd say one would be the dialogue. It was dialogue. way too. It was so Shakespearean. Yeah. That was another thing I was gonna say. In my two minutes. It was like so like. I think about like, sorry to inter- interrupt you, but like so much like Hamlet or something, like the way they talk and the conversations they have, which I think was really intentional. So in the, like knowing what was intended, I appreciated it, but not knowing I was just like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, well, part of it is they drift away from that in later Marvel movies. Yeah. I think Thor's realized, not like talking the thine, I shall. I think they just realized it was too much and it was just like too much of fish out of the water and they're like, yeah. moving on. <laughs> it, yeah. And so not only that, but like, it just felt the dialogue felt like obvious and just cheesy. Like I felt like the actors did a great job with what they were given. Oh, well said. Like Loki when he finds out he's in, like a frost giant, I oh, love that good. scene. Oh, you remind me of something. Sorry. And but like the part where he like kind of lets go of the spear at the end to like fall into the void or whatever in space created by the Bifrost. Like that whole thing where he's holding onto the spear and his dad is like, no, Loki. Like, what Loki was telling him was like, I did it for you. Oh, I it was that. just like, what? <laughs> this is so just like, what? It just feels so weird and just like out of context. And like, I really don't think Loki would really say that. And he was that, and if he was in that situation, it just felt really strained and like, oh, but he has to say this at this moment. And then he's going to let go of the spear and drift <laughs> into space. It was just like, what? So I, I just noticed like throughout the movie, there were some great parts, though. I, with the whole like Shakespearean thing, they did make it super funny yeah. when Thor first goes See? to Earth. Yeah, that cool. was good. But it just like throughout the rest, just the dialogue just felt like I knew it was coming. It's exactly what you, you would expect out of a superhero movie. And so that would be dislike number one. I want to add my second dislike because I'm sure Kate doesn't have any. So I'll, I'll add Kate's for him. You reminded me of it. I mean, me to have some. I'm kidding. But uh, 
when Loki... I'm grateful that they dropped the whole, like, Loki's a frost giant thing. I remember that was, like, the yeah. thing that bothered me the most when I watched this the first time. I was like, what? That was so left field. Like, but I, I this time, I did notice, like, that would really be emotionally, conf like, confusing and hard to be like, what? <laughs> like, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. Like, I'm some person that we talk about how evil they are. Like, that would be really difficult emotionally. So, I like the emotional confliction that it adds to the character of Loki. And later, like in Thor Ragnarok, when Loki's like, it's, it's tough being lied to all your life. Like, I like the, the emotional weight and connection it gives me to Loki, but I don't like it that they, like, what was used to do that. That whole scene and the Odin falling into the Bifrost, I was just like, this is so weird. Because I could see why they'd want to do that because it makes Loki, like, he asks his dad a super cool question that I thought helped with his arc, but they... Could have done something different than yeah. freaking Frost Giant that they never talk about later on. Because he asks Odin, he's like, so you found me as a baby, why did you take me? Like, and he's like, oh, I loved you, you know, you're my son or whatever. But he's like, so, but I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's basically saying, yeah, you took me, you want to sound blah, blah, blah. But it's like, what was the real reason why yeah. you took me? And then he finds out he's basically there just to be like a, not a bartering chip, but just like a peacemaker, I guess. He's only there for the uses and purposes that Odin has. Yeah. And it's not an actual family connection or love that like made him part of that Asgardian family, you know? And so that, frick, dude, that would rock my world and just blow my mind if that happened to me. Yeah, so, of course, that would like totally throw Loki off the rails. But the way they did it, I'll, I'm going to throw my second dislike on with Harrison's, that whole Frost Giant thing. I mean, I could. It created a good arc for Loki, but they didn't have any continuity with like that. The rest of the whole like MCU. Yeah, I appreciate. I have to say, I appreciate what it did for the character of Loki and the emotional impact it had on him. I just didn't like the media, like the the tool used to cause that. Yeah. And I'm grateful that they just kind of dropped it, like kept the emotional impact it had, and then dropped the whole That's Frost Giant part. thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, do you have any dislikes? And then we can move on to optimism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After all this hatred and banter you've been having, ugh, I want to just like call you out and all this stuff and give you the reason why. Because like, there's a, there's a lot of reasoning behind this. And like Thor, before I say my least favorite scene, I will say this, that Thor, this movie, oaks a lot on the story because there's so much that goes on about Thor himself. And we'll go into that into our fallen segment. But least favorite scene... I need a minute. Um, my least favorite scene is when the Warrior Three, his friends, they go to try to fight the Destroyer and they just get their butts whooped. Oh yeah! Just it's like immediately. like it's not necessarily the sync. That scene is that point is pretty awesome. It's where it's um, where Thor puts the puts the blocks puts it all together and he's like, "This is what I need to do," and he becomes his hero and he sacrifices himself. But it's more of like the Warrior Three is like we are this like awesome you know these warriors and you see him kicking butt against the Frost Giants it's like handling you know pretty good, but then they go if it's destroyed and there's like they're they're getting destroyed, and so I didn't like that. I they needed to go more into it, which they do go more into into Thor Two Dark World, but they go in this movie is like darn it I wanted more out of them. That's my least favorite, least favorite part of a scene. Okay. 
I'll give, I'll give you that. So before we move on, I get to have my third dislike. You're not letting it go. <laughs> I, I have to explain why. So, Do the whole yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they funny. deserve to know. <laughs> so there's a lot, but the one I want to focus on, the last one I want to focus on is Thor in the beginning. Man, what a three-year-old dude! Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like what this, this guy, you know, he's an Asgardian, the god of thunder. You he's know, so he's arrogant. about to become king. He is so stupid, and I felt like he is. I felt like the the character of Thor. Yes, to have the arc, he needed to be arrogant and prideful. But the level that they sent him to was like <laughs> level one hundred, and he needed like a level three, like because. The whole time he's like, you know, oh the the frost giants broke the truce. You know they came here and and you know we need to wage war upon them. And he's like, no, you know, there's the truce. Like it was just a couple of them they failed. And then he's like, I have an idea. Let's go break the truce ourselves and just start killing everybody with like five of us, and we'll call it good. And then my dad will show up and we'll destroy them once and for all. It's just like, wow, this I. While I was watching that scene, I was like, this dude's in elementary school. Like, <laughs> the level of, like, he's reacting, like, so poorly. You think there's no way he's, like, it's just cringeworthy to me. Like, it, I mean, I I do see, like, where he ended up and who he needed to be to become Thor, to be a true king. Yes, he had to undergo an arc, but that level was too much. <laughs> it just made it really hard to watch. So, that's my last dislike. I'm gonna break the silence here. No. Yes, dude, it was so. No. Crazy. Okay, look, hear me out. All right, I'm gonna defend this right here. Just this one dislike, cause I have to say this. So, number one, the reason why you're so, I understand that he was like you, super arrogant that he acts like a child, but he is a boy. He doesn't know any better. A boy yet a god of thunder, dude. What? Like compared to Odin. To- compared to Odin. He's been like been a what's the word not is it mentee of a ment like the mentor's dude oh the, the an heir he's an heir okay yeah that sure mentee? well no where it's like you know you have a mentor what mentor? are you oh uh an apprentice yeah sure just the guy who's supposed to learn from the other guy <laughs> <laughs> and he's following around odin like the super all powerful being, and he turns out like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, right. Look at this. Look at this. Hear me out. Listen. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Kate. I'm listening. That was just. He's his, so he is the son of Odin. Odin is his father, and so whenever his father tells him, he follows. And yes, he has arrogance, but he's following him, and he doesn't know anybody because he's been following his father. And so his father told him and taught him they made a truce with the Frost Giants. And now that the Frost Giants, these big old blue guys, have broken and tried to steal back the casket, that's breaking the truce. Therefore, they can attack back and show that they sh- should know their place. It's not like, oh, they broke in. Well, I can break in too. It's like, it's you're treating it, you're treating it like you're treating you're treating it like your mom sucks. No, your mom sucks. Well, <laughs> that's all you're treating it like and I, I disagree with you look at just how Odin reacts he's like we killed the people who did it <laughs> and obviously like 
And obviously, <laughs> like the it seriousness you delivered that line. <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking into your eyes. Okay, do you know the scene in Finding Nemo where Bruce the shark like smells the blood and his eyes like go over completely black? That's what your eyes looked like. <laughs> and you were like, "We killed the people who did." Because <laughs> that's because Odin is like he's just so like wise in this moment. He's like, look. Yeah, it's a perfectly, like, good reason to go to war, but he, like, saw past, and he's like, look, it's just these dudes trying to get revenge for, like, their race or whatever, and it's like, it it was obviously not, like, a thing sent from the king, you know, because if the king of these dudes really wanted to get that thing, I'm sure he'd send more than two guys, so I just forgot what I was trying to say, <laughs> but long story short, it's wrong. I mean... I want Thor. Yes, he needed to be arrogant. My dislike is just how much they made him, because it was just. I'm like, gonna have oh to disagree to, to agree to disagree on that because I think that was perfect, perfect amount of being arrogant. It just showed that it just showed like he had so much, said so much to go for. Like he had, he had such a ways to go. He had so much to work on. It's like he thought he was, he was gonna be king, and that he needed to be confident. He needed to be sure of of his goal and what his father taught him that he needed to protect asgard he wanted peace and so he thought that since this work this this guy's broke in it was okay i know this is like super people this is going in deaf ears right now but like it's i'm just saying this for the sake of just my sanity that he thought that he was prepared for war and that someone crossed the line therefore he treated that as war and he decided, okay, now I need to step up and do my job. Okay. And it came off as incredibly arrogant, which is that was the goal for it. But that his true motive was that I'm trying to be king and I want to do what's right. And so I'll respect that. That's a that's a very reasonable like reason behind that. I, so. That's we'll it. I'm off, I'm off my soapbox for now. Hey, well, there could be listeners who agree with you. So good good for getting out your soapbox. Perfect. All right. So you know. It is such an honor now for me to transition to our favorite scene. <laughs> I'm so grateful you have to go first. What a way this worked wow. out. Wow. Alright, so favorite scene. You, you only get three. I, you have to get three wow, that's going to be so hard. <laughs> okay, um, um, I'm honorable mention here goes to the the comedy we already kind of talked about it but just the set like unexpectedness of just like seeing how someone from a whole nother like realm would really act coming to you know they don't know our customs and whatever just like the idea of like oh there's a store that has animals i need a horse and it's just like what (laughs) (laughs) i need a horse (laughs) and so now that that definitely is an honorable mention but i think my favorite scene um, this is tough. I there were a lot of scenes I did enjoy, but I'd have to say like favorite wise would probably be just the fight scene of how Thor starts beating up the frost giants in the oh, beginning. He just wrecks you know, day. you know he he he's you know he's fighting with himself. You know he realizes that like. You know, they show up, he realizes they're outnumbered, and that, you know, he kind of begins to realize that the consequences of, like, what his actions might, like, make happen, and then the ice 
giant king. Is he a king? I don't know, but I'm just going to say he's a king. The king is just like, look, I'll give you one more chance to leave, and I'll let it be. I'll let be what let be, you know? And then, so he's staring down at the one ice giant dude, and they're kind of like, Loki, like, is a pansy. He's like, whatever, your gracious offer we accept, whatever, you know? And Thor's like fighting, you can see it, and he turns around, and the guy's like, go back to your whatever castle, little princess. Something like that. And it's just like, oh, Loki's shoot. Like, oh, dang it. <laughs> you said like, the wrong thing. And so from there, it was just awesome. And I think the, the, like, the climax of that scene is when Thor flies through that giant monster. <laughs> yeah. And just like right in its mouth, it just goes right at the back of its neck. Like, how freaking sick is that? And he lands and the thing like falls off the cliff. That was just so cool, you know? And you kind of just begin to realize how strong Thor really is. I think it also like made me appreciate like how arrogant he would be. Like if I was that powerful, I'd probably be slightly a lot arrogant. <laughs> like really. And oh I, yeah. Well, I would be flying it, through monsters were, too. Running to get away and he's sitting there just taking him out one he's, boom, yeah, he's boom, wrecking boom. them all. Like he's in a swarm of them and he's still just like enough <laughs> lightning. All right, problem solved. <laughs> yeah, and like I love Thor. Like don't get me wrong with all this dislike stuff. But I, he's one of my favorite superheroes of the MCU. And, you know, he's super strong. He's the god of thunder, you know? He's like an immortal. <laughs> and so I think this that just scene gives a little tribute to him as we kind of realize, like, okay, this guy could take on, like, a whole freaking planet by himself. You know, he's, he's a cool guy. It's okay. What's your one favorite scene? I get one, he gets three. three. <laughs> I only said one with an honorable mention. Okay, all right. Well, shoot, I'm not sure how how I do explain which was my favorite scene because there was a there was a ton. Um, I will, I have to say this. This is just for sentimental values. Um, one honorable mention is the fight scene where he just takes he takes the. His hammer and just the first part, the first time you ever see him take his hammer and just shoot down freaking lightning from the sky and just obliterate the frost shines and this massive like shock wave. That's normal mention. This is kind of a, t- a twist of events, but my favorite scene is when Loki tells Thor that his father's dead. That whole scene, that whole scene is huge because like the point where he realizes he's not worthy for of his hammer, and then he get, finds out that his father's dead, and then his mother just wants to see him. And he can't go back. Because one, his, 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 uh, his figure, his father figure is gone. His mother, who he adores, does not want to do anything with him. And his goal that he wanted to be king is now taken from him. Yeah. And he can't even go back to that yeah, one. So that was a huge moment. So him, and that shows the true character of Thor, that he was arrogant. He wasn't humble whatsoever. And he... He like honors honors the dishonesty of Loki. Loki, He honors that because he's he's like, okay, no, I'm sorry. He he like totally accepted it in stride. Can you name another character like that? Can Tony Stark that did that? Yeah, I I like that scene. That that scene, I think that was like because that scene, I like, I that really hit home for me when I first watched that when I was a kid back in 2011. He took that like a champ. Well, I don't. Well, even you could you could still see like in his eyes though how utterly like destroyed he yeah. is, and how it's just like shocks him to the core. And I think it was good with you know he didn't have to wail like when he can't pick up his hammer. It's just like his world collapses around him, 
and he, he all he sees is like a single tear down his cheek and he can't he's just staring at Loki like it hits you yeah it I like that you. scene respect yeah so my favorite scene honorable mention because I guess that's what we're doing now <laughs> is anything with Tom Hiddleston like he just nails it as Loki I am so excited for the Loki series that's happening on Disney Plus. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do because this, like, the Loki that's in this movie, like, kind of the mischievous, evil, um, like, tricky Loki, is the one who's going to be in the Loki series. And I'm so, like, I'm really excited for that because I think Tom Hiddleston nails it as that character. But I'm also sad because I love, like, the anti hero Loki in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. oh spoilers. <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyway, I just love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I love his hair in Avengers. How oh, like Sally beautiful. Got long in this I know. I was like, "What? Where's his hair?" <laughs> in Avenger, in Avengers, I'm like, "Oh, he has beautiful locks." But anyway, uh, so yeah, honorable mention. Anything with Tom Hiddleston. Favorite scene though is the very end when, like, the very not the end credit scene, but the very last scene when Thor kind of walks out of that feast that they're having, and you can tell that he's really mourning and having oh. a difficult time. And and yeah, thoughtful. That's a good word. And his his. And Sif mentions how he mourns for his brother, and he also mentions Mrs. Jane Foster. And he, he goes up to his dad and, like, really honorably and... What the heck was that? that was Re- really honorably and, like, respectfully and humbly, meekly even, says, like, I hope to make you proud one day, and I have a lot to learn from you, and no one could ever be a better king than you. Like, I really like that scene for a lot of reasons, because... The first reason is because I remember, like, when I saw Avengers, for example, I keep trying to, like, bring myself back to the mindset of when I first saw this movie. I remember watching Avengers and thinking Thor was, like, the dumbest character ever. Like, he was so boring, and it was just, like, he just had a hammer, and he was had lightning, and that was, like, the depth of that character for me. And I'm just... Well, I just, did, I just didn't understand this movie at all. Like, I didn't understand the complexity and the difficulty and the emotional impact of trying to live up to somebody like Odin. And I just thought saw Thor as somebody who was just trying to capture Loki and had a hammer that he could swing around and fly on. Okay. So I like that scene, one, because I, I really admire the meekness of Thor in admitting he, he was wrong and how he needs to learn from his father. But I also looked, liked how much that set up for the future stories of Thor, including in Avengers and Thor Dark World, even though I've never seen that, but especially in Ragnarok, Ragnarok the difficulty that Thor has believing in himself and in his capacities to be a king and like the weight that that gives him. But also the way he acts in, in Avengers. I, I just like that scene for what it is for Thor in that moment, but also was to, what it establishes, <laughs> sets up in the future. That's what I'm searching for, sets up. So. Perfect. Well, after that, let's start into our next segment, Fall In. This is where we're, we go into more detail about maybe messages behind the movie, uh, more meaning, what what our personal game was it from the movie as well as just like big details that we really feel like that were important. They want to talk about one thing I want, I'll start off. I want to this, I want to get this off my chest and um, like I've been mentioning before that this whole entire episode is that Thor was my hero and 2011 was uh, my years. That was eight years ago. Whoa. That was a while. And during that time, I was kind of like um, seeing this movie. You look at Thor. First off, okay, kind of bring it back a little bit. I think Thor is more of a noble person based on this movie alone, more noble than Captain America. That, in my opinion, I think he's more noble than that because 
the way Thor has held himself is that at first he was this arrogant guy who wanted to be king and follow his his father's footsteps, which is following his father's footsteps. That's a you know that's a noble cause, and then come to the point where he steps out of line. His dad casts him out. Yeah, Does you know how bad how crappy is that is that is that that would that'd be so hard and to want to come back and gain what his life was realize that that is now gone and now within pretty much almost that same stride find out that your father's dead your mom your mom hates you you lost your goal your your dream goal and now you can't go home and like seeing that seeing that and as a kid knowing that I have my own struggles not necessarily wanting to be king or I'm from a different magical world but just like having my own struggles and seeing him take that in stride and just being proper and just taking it like a gentleman I think Thor um, watching and knowing who he was throughout all the other MCU movies I saw him as a gentleman and understanding that there's a way there's a time to fight there's a time for humor but there's a time to that to step up and be a man and that's what I gained from that movie because I was a kid I was eight years ago I was oh man I was something like I was like 13, so you were like... I was 14. Okay. You old fart. Dude, I'm like two years older than you. <laughs> Gosh. Only two years is what makes you an old man. But I saw him as like as my idol, as that this is a person that he can take. He's, I saw Thor as a real superhero. Is that Iron, Iron Man is Tony Stark. It's this fun little hilarious guy yeah, where he kind of just like got away with whatever he want, you know. That's true. Got whatever girl he wanted and did whatever he wanted, but he still saved the world. He's he's like still arrogant. He's still arrogant throughout the movie, yeah. right? And he's only he, he he becomes it's it's when he loses is when Tony Stark becomes a true superhero, and then you lose him. But then, in the Thor is that you see him grow so fast with this whole movie because there's so much story in it, and then you see him become this this fantastic superhero to where he knows that I'm a king, I need to fulfill that role and that's why you know it comes off as this shakespearean thing i didn't get that vibe whatsoever i saw this i saw this superhero who was noble who was a good person through and through and he wanted to do the right thing and that he always had the good intention even though he was ready for war and like that was a huge role model for me as a kid when i was 14 years old and so throughout the whole movies i just i was i couldn't wait for what thor was gonna say or like Something that was funny, something that was um, just wise, you know. And then, and this is my last last bit, but like the point where it transitions in Thor Ragnarok that he was this hilarious guy, I actually had a really hard time transitioning to that. Cause I love how um, how Thor was such a normal person, how such, how he's such a good person, and then he changed to this like hilarious guy who, you know, <clears throat> was this awesome warrior. And he changes slight that change of humor. Like it kind of had a hard time because I saw him as this like the greatest superhero of all time in my my childhood eyes. But overall, like that's why I love Thor so much. That yeah, you break down this movie. It's you can say it's crappy, but I don't care. I saw this as like a childhood, you know, model as it's oh, someone that I like looked up to. Freak, you're gonna make me feel bad now. <laughs> That's why I'm so passionate about it. That's great. I think it's great. So my like theme or message I picked up on this time, and honestly, thinking about this movie before watching it, I was like, oh, man, like, what am I going to talk about in the fall in? Like, 
I've been thinking that all day, like trying to kind of go through my memories of this movie and, and think about it. And this time I really picked up on it. And, and I think really this is something that we all relate to um, is being, I want to find the right words to describe this in the right way. Um, I think each one of us, let me start with this. Each one of us, whether it's because of our religious beliefs, family relationships, personal desires and expectations, whatever you want to call it, I think each one of us is trying to live up to something. Live up to the expectations of a God, you know, an all-father, if you want to call him that, or our personal fathers or mothers or siblings or whoever it is. There's, there's somebody in each one of our lives that we try to live up to, even if that's just ourselves. And each one of us has also experienced those moments where we are not worthy. However, that is personally for you like that exactly. is hard and the something that often comes in my head that i laugh at sometimes is that scene where odin is like ripping off the realms from thor and casting him out and he's like and he's saying he's not worthy of all these things there's the one where he's like you are not worthy and then like pauses because up until that, he's like you are not worthy of these realms you're not worthy of your power whatever and then he just says you are not worthy and i always think about that but it's an incomplete sentence it's not there's not a period he keeps saying you are not worthy of your loved ones that you've put in danger and like that really hit me like oh man like you're not even worthy of the love of your family holy smokes but anyway later when thor like goes to pick up the hammer the first time after he has that great boss battle in the mud that's a great scene but that moment where he's not worthy and he has to accept that he he can't pick up this hammer like i almost started crying i feeling like the 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 weight of of feeling in your own way unworthiness of whoever it is that you're trying to live up to and be worthy of and and those moments and and almost like the fear i have of the of that judgment day that i'm going to call it where i will find out if i am or i am not worthy like the the fear of receiving the not worthy status whether it's at a judgment day or trying to pick up a hammer or however you want to put it there's different points in our lives where that could happen like that is a huge fear of mine and so i really related to the emotional impact that that would have but wrapping this up into a positive thing this movie helped me understand the power and the importance of selflessness and service towards others as something that makes you worthy and to just continue to use the words of the movie um but yeah, so just kind of the impact of worthiness and not worthiness and living up to expectations and, and desires and and just being worthy and also like the power of, of selfishness and selflessness um, really hit me hard this time, especially that scene where he like just kind of yells out because he can't pick up his hammer. Like that feeling, worst feeling in the world. Hate that. Wow, I did not think about that and that kind of... Like you know, you know, like so many times you watch a movie and like you just enjoy you the, the mini boss like, battle oh. in the mud. It's like, oh dang, you know, he just got like banished by his dad. But it's like a lot of the times you skip over like the emotional connections and like the effects that it He got banished it by his yeah. dad, and like really just kind of dive into that. It's like, yeah, that would suck for him. But like, how do I feel that way? Have I ever felt like that? Just like living my own life. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely way cool. Um, one thing I I, I want to focus my our attention to is something you both kind of mentioned it, um, but just like <clears throat> with living up to like expectations, but also just like um, with the relationship between Odin and Thor, 
Um, I just think of, like, my own life and, like, my own dad. Like, not saying that, like, my dad is, like, a god of, like, you know, power or anything like that. Yeah, but, like, (laughs) the fact that, like, I, like, respect my dad a lot. And, like, I consider him to be one of, like, my best friends. And, like, I, I really love how this whole dynamic between Thor and Odin is huge in every single Thor movie that we've seen. Yeah. Where Thor has some kind of crisis that he goes through, and to a point where he doesn't know what to do, and who does he turn to? His dad. I love that. And, and even in Thor 3, he, you know, he has a great arc in every single movie. I'm so excited for that moment. I have so many things to say about that moment. But, but he still has to, like, learn, you know, go to his mentor, go to his... Um, person you know and he goes to his dad and his dad just really helps him through and like and i I, more than anything i I just appreciate the time and like effort that goes into that it's like oh you know i'm going through a problem i turn to my dad i he tells me you know it doesn't tell me what to do but he gives me advice and helps me through it and i fix the problem and cool like end of story but it's like thor even in the next couple movies still like has to learn how to like not have a relationship with his father but like live up to his expectations but also live his own life separate from his father's and be his own person and um, I think Thor 3 Ragnarok really capitalizes on that point Um, but I I just really like just love how Thor has to learn to to just like respect his dad and learn from him Um, as I feel like honestly everyone should do like i mean i'm sure there are people out there who maybe don't have the best parents or um role models to like look up to but um i really feel that just respecting someone who really loves and cares for you and just trying your best to live up to their expectations while also like learning to be yourself is something i think this movie has really done well to portray And it kind of just makes me think about my own life of like my goals I have, but also like my relationships I have with my family, especially like with with my dad, and just like kind of how I'm moving forward, learning like the whole yeah like along the entire way. I I really love that you like drew out a lot of those emotions in me, Kellen. I think it's like a moment, personal one that I'll share is I especially when I shared my favorite scene, that moment where Thor says like "I, I hope to make you proud one day. Like, I relate to that emotion so much. I Again, I love my dad, and I look up to him a lot. Like, Thor looks up to Odin. And I remember, like, so much of my life, I just felt like all I, all I needed to do was to make my dad proud. And I remember I just, like, nonchalantly once in a conversation, like, I was leaving to go home from my parents' house, and my dad just gave me a hug. He's like, I love you. I'm proud of you. And, like, he, it was just, like, something that he said. And I've thought about that for months. Like, those three words, I'm proud of you. Anyway, so all that being said, I think having someone in your life, whether it's a father, physically, religiously, whether it's a mother or a friend, someone who you are connected to emotionally, who has some wisdom that you don't, has some insights and love for you that you don't, but who who can be proud of you and who can inspire you to make them proud is life-changing. It's so... Such a blessing to have in your life. Yeah. And I think that's what's important is that like you may or may not know if you do have that father figure or a figure to where you can look up and they can teach you things. Odin figure. An Odin, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll call it an Odin figure for now. 
for you know for time's sake that like if you find yourself an Odin figure to where you can look up and just ask questions listen to or be taught things or be shown things like that will the step above of where you're at right now at just being an individual because with that I can I can remember I can name off a few mentors of my own of like my father as well of like in I had, I had a religious teacher that I always talked to all the time we had conversations just about life in general it wasn't anything like religious it was just talking and chatting and right now I have one with you know but a, a friend of mine is Andrew Lopez. He's we just chat about just life in general, and that we can I can feel that genuine careness from him to me. That just it can it puts you a level above your struggles. And I think that's what shows us in this movie is that if you really really dig down, you know, fall in to this, you can see that a, a figure can lift you above your the planet you're at right now. Yeah, pretty amazing. So, any any last thoughts about this movie? Everybody go find your Odin figure and live up to their expectations, but also know something that will make you worthy of that Odin's figure, that Odin figure's pride in you, I think is, is selfless, selflessly serving the greater good of other people. And being yourself. But also living up to their wisdom and, and things that they know that you shouldn't do to be yourself, so to speak. Yeah. Wrap that up in a nice little package and send it off at UPS. So, everybody, thank you so much. We mentioned this earlier for subscribing, getting our, our download count up. Holy smokes. We got a goal of 1,000 downloads. We got to get there. So, sh- tag us on social media. Tweet at us. Put us in your Instagram stories. Like us on Facebook. Post about us. Word of mouth. Tell your friends. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah, CastBox, anywhere you find a podcast. But of course, you can always find us on our website, um, which is linked in every show notes. It's just Podbean. Um, download the Podbean app on iPhone or Android and uh, subscribe. Tell your friends. And thank you so much. So next week, we're coming back with uh, the Captain America. So subscribe for that, guys. And uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.